This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. It's Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. Are we it's... doing a podcast or are we doing an ASMR video? Well, it's Children's Book Week. I'm trying to be oh, is it? calming and act. that's just me retroactively justifying being a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've listen, I've spent some time around kids. I don't know their vibe is always like not, super calm. And no, not soothing. their vibe. The vibe that you bring to them in a library when you read them a story, right? Mm, sure, you don't sure. you don't often, you know, launch into Cat in the Hat just screaming at them. You could. Maybe you should, I think art. that would keep their interest a little bit better. It Kids might. today with their phones and their <laughs> personal computers and their Minecraft. Yeah. Their red dusts. Uh, that's a Minecraft thing. That's specific. It's not for- like cool kid <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> this is our podcast where one person reads a book and tells the other person about it. Uh, I read a book this week, Andrew. What book did I read? You read <laughs> how you read How to Train Your Dragon by Cressida Cowell. Yeah, I I found myself in that part of the intro, so I figured I would do it. And thanks for picking it up. Um, yeah, did you know that Cressida Cowell's husband's name is Simon, but he's not that Simon Cowell. He's a different one. Did you know that her uncle is former Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer? <laughs> her uncle by I marriage. Did, she is nothing if not well connected. Like her dad <laughs> is some kind of like viscount. Love it. Yeah. Well, so I don't. Yeah, I don't really have any follow up observations that's to fine. that. But it's just like, yeah, she's, <laughs> you know, when somebody, when you hit a Wikipedia page where their parents also have Wikipedia pages that you found somebody of means. Mm, yes, sure. Um, this book was the first in our patrons choice series. Thanks to our, some of our Patreon supporters who helped us pick this book. There'll be another one of those for next month. Keep an eye out uh, for that. But yeah, we want to talk about this book. We wanted to talk about a children's book for Children's Book Week. And that's all I got. I had never read this book before. I had seen the movie mostly, I think, once. I've not seen any of the other films, nor any, any of the, the TV spinoff series <laughs> or anything Do you like want, I mean, that. I compiled a small but by no means comprehensive list of sort of adaptations and and like things that have all spun off of the movie the movie so the movie comes out in 2010 okay uh nominated for best animated feature for the oscars but lost to toy story 3 okay i haven't seen how to train your dragon but toy story 3 is pretty good so it's probably it is pretty good yeah uh so there were two other movies released in 2014 and 2019 uh, there were a bunch of shorts, like, you know, little short films that probably came out before other cool DreamWorks. Yeah, totally, uh, totally. Features. 
I'll I'll mention that the the poster for the original How to Train Your Dragon movie is one of the few DreamWorks movie posters I've seen where nobody has DreamWorks eyebrow. <laughs> Maybe they hadn't invented it yet. No, it was 2010. They had invented DreamWorks eyebrow. Like, are you okay. kidding me? Sure. Uh, <laughs> so there was one TV. Then, then after that, there's one TV series that starts in 2012, ends in 2018. That TV series has two other spin-off TV series oh that are currently airing still. Started in 2019 and 2021, respectively. Uh, there's an ice show. There's an arena spectacular. There yes. are multiple theme parks. Yes. And this film franchise has earned more than $1.6 billion. Each movie, notably, has been pretty well reviewed by critics and, and also users of like Rotten Tomatoes and other places. Okay. Users of um, movies. Users of movies. <laughs> which is, I feel I feel like for a for an animated movie franchise series, yeah, franchise, especially one from DreamWorks. It's impressive that they did that. What are the you know, other Dream DreamWorks is responsible for like a hundred Trek films? Well, people like two of them. The first one. Okay. What are the other? Is I don't there... know that people. I don't know that people are like super thrilled about Shrek Two and oh. all of its like Starbucks jokes and the cat and whatever. People love those trolls movies. Is the people more love the trolls, and they love kung. People like Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Sure. Sure, but I would say that like it, my but for them to also be critically well reviewed, yes. like most of these, like the trolls movies, yeah, I don't like they they seem like multicolored fever dreams. Yeah, mostly. most of and the I new think that's how they've movies, been yeah. critically reviewed. It's like these are kids movies made for kids, and there's not a lot for, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's just what they are. Well, and that's what's interesting. So f- from. My recollection of the film, and I'm sure we'll talk about this uh, as I talk about the book, is that they're pretty different, the book and the movies. Wikipedia um, charitably says that the movie is loosely based on the 2003 Oh, book. boy. If Wikipedia for is Cressida, loosely... <laughs> fortunately for Cressida Cowell, like, movie rights options are movie rights options. Like, you still get paid no matter how loosely your, oh, yeah. <laughs> your material oh, yeah. is adapted. Um, and the... From reading this first book and a little bit of reading I did on like, you know, places like Common Sense Media and other kind of like how to recommend books for kids and stuff. Um, it has a, a rap that I think is probably decently deserved of being a like, this is a fun, goofy book for boys, like kind of reluctant reader boys, which comes with a whole bunch of stereotypical baggage about what young boys are interested in. Um, but... It does hit those notes pretty squarely for a book from 2003 <laughs> uh, in terms of stinky and poopy and dumb names and uh, some action, but mostly like cool characters and monsters. Mm-hmm. And the that's kind of what this book is up to. And from what I could tell of the film's development, they were certainly like, how can we age it up just like a few more years? Just like a teeny tiny bit. Just a, not for, not quite for teens, but just a teeny tiny bit. Um, so no, not DreamWorks eyebrow. No, no. Don't use that. <laughs> what do we know about Cowell other than her copious connections, Andrew? Uh, she was born in 1966. Uh, <laughs> She's the water. She's Waterstones Children's Laureate. Uh, she okay. was born and raised in London and in Scotland. 
Uh, she talks a lot about her time in Scotland in interviews in a, she, she spent summers in like the small stone vacation house in this little community that she's reluctant to name that had no electricity and no phone service. And she credits this in part with inspiring her love of writing. Cause you know, you gotta do something. <laughs> I like that. She's reluctant for it to become a forks Washington or forks Oregon or whatever. Like she doesn't want people making a <laughs> pilgrimage there yeah, to be to like, Oh, there be dragons or here. whatever and yeah. not eat anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, like she is, she is, I read a bunch of interviews with her and she hits pretty similar notes in most of them. Like she talks a little bit about her interest in history and, and how Viking history in particular, uh, influenced this series, um, how the accents in the area of Scotland where she spent time were used as inspiration for the Scottish accents in the movie version. Okay. Um, and I think that it's like the parts of Scotland that are believed to have had Scandinavian Vikings settling there mm-hmm. and colonizing for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all kind of, the, there There are sources in history, I think is the, <laughs> is the, the rap there, yeah. Yes, and she's and she's just very interested in, in kids reading. Like, this appears yeah. to be the most controversial opinion that she herself espouses is that sometimes the way that you design curriculums in school does not always get kids super yes. excited about reading. Yeah. And she, you know, she talks about having pictures in these books as a way to help keep, you know, modern kids a little bit more interested by like giving their brain something to look at. She's enthusiastic about how the movie has brought, you know, new readers and reluctant readers to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, just sees that as a as a good thing instead of a like a I don't know what's the word I'm looking for like a, a necessary evil yeah 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of having her work adapted into a movie um, and yeah so she she is most known for this series which has which ran for twelve books and is done the first one was published in 2003 the the most recent in 2015 there's a picture book. From 2000 or 2001, uh, depending on whether the Wikipedia date or the Amazon date is right. <laughs> okay. And there's some there's some uncertainty there, and I'm I'm reluctant to trust Wikipedia because it does have one of those big like this article has multiple issues boxes oh, across yes. the top of it. So. <laughs> is that Hiccup um, the Seasick the Seasick Viking? Is that that yeah, one? Hiccup yeah, Hiccup the Hiccup the Seasick Viking is like a picture book that came out in 2000 or 2001, and this is that's the character who persists through all dozen of these how to how to blank books yep uh-huh uh-huh um and yeah now she is working on this other series uh, called the wizards of once mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's just giving a lot of interviews about how she really wants kids to read and how it's great when kids read yeah her first book was little bo peep's library book Published in 1998, it was like a senior project when she she went to the St. Martin School of Art in Brighton University. Um, and yeah, all the illustrations in this book are her. I know that I think the once book, she's working with someone else. Um, there was something on her website that said, the Wizards of Once books have been translated into 37 languages, yada, yada, yada. And then it said, the how to train your books have been translated into 38 languages, yada, yada, Ooh. yada. And I don't... No, maybe that 38th language is Dragonese, which is a book in, 
which is a language in those books. Maybe that's what it is. Mm, or Latin or oh, yes. Esperanto. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, and she's won a, a couple of awards. And um, this book overall, just to me, felt like a few years ago, Andrew, for a children's book week, we did. You read Dragons Love Tacos. Yes. And I read Fungus the Boogeyman, which was that <laughs> goofy book that uh, Paul McCartney wrote a song about. And. <laughs> And I, this book feels like a mashup of those two ideas, where it's like, stinky. how long? How long is this book? Like, how are we talking like Goosebumps length or shorter or longer or uh, like what a, age group are we aimed at? I would say it's a, it's like on the on the long end of a Goosebumps read. Okay, it was it was like two. So it's not pages. like a Captain Underpants short, but it's, <sighs> it's not, a little. It's not quite Redwall long. It, no, it is not Redwall long, and the 200 pages go by pretty quickly because of the illustration style and the the writing style. Um, so it moves. So I would say it, it didn't feel unlike a, a long Goosebumps read. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think kids are here for like an infinite jest sort of nested <laughs> footnote. <laughs> hey, there was like, there were footnotes the, in get, this book. Can I get House of Leaves for kids? Oh, man. Just drive my kids a little mad by making get, them read a book. I want to be mad, Daddy. Give me House of Worms. Kids like worms. That's <laughs> House of Poopy. Yeah. You keep talking about the book just like being replete with toilet humor. And <laughs> there's a that, character so that, named like <laughs> Gobber the Belch. And, yeah. and snot that's face funny. snot lout. Yeah, that's funny. Snot. One kid, one guy's name is just fish legs. Yeah, fish legs. Fish don't have legs. What's, dogs, what's the story there? Dog's breath, the duh brain. His last name he's the duh brain. Like his bra- like he's got duh for a brain, Andrew. Sure. Yeah. Um Thuggery like the funny, Meathead. Funny playground potty humor. Yeah. Uh yeah. One one person's dragon is named Horror Cow, which okay. is a great name for a dragon. I need dragon, scary cow, yeah. scary scaly, fire breathing cow. One when you kid think about names it. his dragon just Killer, which seems a, a bit on the nose, mm-hmm. and or the snout as twere. Let's take a break, mm-hmm. and then I'll tell you more about this book. Sounds great. Craig, you're going to tell me how to train my dragon, but first let me tell you how to train your website. You got to train it. It keeps doing things I don't want it to do. Yeah, you got you to gotta whip this HTML into shape. You got to do it with Squarespace. Mm. Squarespace is a website that helps you make websites. They give you drag and drop tools, beautiful templates, 24-7 award-winning customer support, and so much more. All things that you need to make an amazing website. Did you Craig, say drag and drop tools? Yes, dragon. They they allow you to drop dragons onto your website <laughs> to make it look cooler and capture the attention of young readers. I love it. Uh, some of the things I like about Squarespace that I think you're gonna like too is that it lets you grow and engage your audience using a little something that they like to call Squarespace email campaigns. You can create powerful email content that matches your website. With your existing products, blog posts, and logos, your messaging is consistent and effective. You can collect donations to support your cause with PayPal, Apple Pay, Stripe, and Venmo. 
and you also get powerful insights into who's visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with their in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, audience geography, and more. Possibly dragon, you know, probably if somebody visits you from a drag, like a place that's known to be inhabited by dragons, the analytics tools probably will tell you that. I bet it will. Probably. Probably. That's in the, that's in the, I read that verbatim from the copy. It's right the there. I'm it's watching him read it. Yeah. Yeah. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, train your HTML and CSS and your other JavaScript, I guess. Is Dragon not just a programming language? It's Python. Python, yes. Mm. I'm sure somebody's forked it to create (laughs) Dragon at some point, but it's not widely used to my knowledge. Fair enough. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Imagine, Andrew, that you're a Viking leader, and day in, day out, you deal with the same old problems, same old dragon fights, same old bumbling kids. You can start to feel a little burned out. kids? Yeah, there's bumbling kids in this book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You might feel a little burned out, like a dragon showed up and burned you. Uh, Vikings would rather fight 900 dragons than go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, I've been there. You get worn out from whatever you're doing. You get detached from the projects you're working on. Um, But work isn't the only cause of burnout. Any of the roles that we play in life can lead us to feel that way. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. And that talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. Do think that plenty of people, I do know, in fact, that plenty of people have had positive experiences with therapy, um, talking through what's burning them out, what's bringing them down. So I want to tell you, Andrew, what's, and... What's really, what's really been a drag on, drag on them. Mm. Okay, I don't want to tell you anymore, but I'll tell our listeners. BetterHelp <laughs> is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Overdue listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Overdue. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Overdue. Train me, Daddy. Toot toot. Choo choo. Train noises. Yeah. Chugga 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 book. Tell me about time. this. Tell, tell me about this book. What do you know about it all, or what do you think it might be about based on what you've read? I mean, I know mostly about. So there's the hick. What hick up the Viking? He has a dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then from the movie, I know that it's about training a dragon <laughs> and then, and then just, and then after you train it, then you just have a dragon. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so, so I know, I know that all 12 of the books are like the titles are phrased as like how to blah, blah, blah. It's, it's supposed to be like a, a manual or like a self-help sort of thing. I don't know if the books like follow through on that in their structure and like trying to be a manual or if they just are books that are about the things that their titles 
suggest that they're about. Sure. So this book uh, opens with a note from Hiccup. His full name is Hiccup Horrendous Haddock III. And he says in his note that this is a story about uh, earlier in his life when dragons were all over the place and you had to train them. And uh, you have to be a hero, but it's not always easy to be a hero because sometimes you feel like a zero. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. And uh, here's a story about becoming a hero the hard way is what he tells you. The title of the book that I read comes from a book in fiction called How to Train Your Dragon. Mm -hmm. The characters in the book, I believe Gobber the Belch, who's like the guy who trains the kids on training dragons. Um, he stole it from the rival like village's library, the okay. Meathead Library. Mm -hmm. And this all takes place in like the 800 AD, like century. That's what it says in the book. They had libraries <laughs> back then, I guess. Uh, and it's this book by this guy named Professor, I think it's Professor Yog Yabish, Professor Yabish. And there's Sounds like a Pokemon, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and he has this cool book and you get to like see it inside the book. Like all anything in this in uh, Cal's book, How to Train Your Dragon, that is supposed to be written or something like that has like corresponding art that goes with it. And that's to, you know, her work as like a how do you get people to read? It's not just like pictures for pictures sake. It usually has some text involved in the pictures as well. Sure. Um, and it's this book that Yabish wrote that is one chapter long and it says how to train your dragon chapter. F the first and the last yell at it loudly. <laughs> And then okay. that's it. And then he's got blurbs on the back for how good the book is. <laughs> and so this I mean, whole, that's not super helpful, I don't think. But no, this. But it does work for some of the characters. It works for um, Hiccup's dad, who's the chief of the village, and he yells at his dragons all the time, and they listen to him. Okay. Um, and many people think that yelling at your dragon is the way to get your dragon to do what you want. Because of this is, book. The, okay, so in over the course of this book, the one that you're reading, is yeah. that show not to be the case? Uh, definitely. <laughs> because um, what if you... Uh, let's just say that maybe later in the book, two or three giant sea dragons came out of the sea. Sure. I and, mean, that's where sea dragons typically do... Yeah their thing I, I think and these dragons are sort of like great old ones like they go to the bottom of the sea and go into what is called a sleep coma yeah because they were tired of people yelling at them all the time i bet <laughs> one of them wakes up and the last thing he ate was like a roman legion a few hundred years ago mm -hmm. uh, and he wakes up and yeah when they show up later in the book they don't care about getting yelled at because they're like kaiju they're giant monsters that are also they super smart care. is it they don't respond they are not to being yelled at or do they get mad when they get yelled at um, or the yelling is like insignificant to them they are such supreme beings that humans yelling at them is not going to do a single thing Mm, okay. Like so, they're like billionaires in yeah. real life. <laughs> like later in the book, all of the adult Vikings 
stand on a cliff and do a fusroda at this dragon, like yelling, and the dragon yells back at them in a way scarier noise. And that's that's that. But also sure. the dragons are super smart and they can talk and stuff. Um <laughs> And I mean, I guess yelling doesn't necessarily assume talking. It doesn't at all. It, it's more like yelling at them like they're dogs or, or other like beasts of burden because that's how okay. they are treated. And that is, sure. from what I understand, if you are coming to this book having only watched the films, you will be surprised to learn that at the beginning of this book, there is already a practice in this village of like taming and having dragons. Uh, from what I remember of the film, it is only at the end of the movie or by the res- by the events of the movie that the village has some sort of coexistence between humans and dragons. And I mm-hmm. think later in this series, it gets even more adversarial. Like they're for, <laughs> just reading in the 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 kids' reviews in the on the common sense media page. And a bunch of them are like, this book was great by about book seven. It got really dark. So I just changed my age recommendation for what kids should read this book. <laughs> it got really intense and people started dying. Um, and there's like a big human dragon war, but not in this book. In this book, it is, uh, you know, here's the, the outline of this book is a bunch of boys have to go through a rite of passage on the swampy Island of Burke. They are going to have to capture their own dragon from a dragon cave they're going to have to train it, and then they have to show off that they've trained their dragons at sort of like a 4-H show, uh, like Thor's, the Thor's Day Thursday celebration. Mm-hmm. And the various villages come together. Um, and if, Andrew, if you cannot train your dragon properly, if you do not pass this Kobayashi Maru or so, whatever you might call it, you get exiled. Mm-hmm. From the that's village. That's very. <laughs> what if 4H was like that? <laughs> if you, if you, what if you did a bad, <laughs> if you did a bad job at 4H and then your family ex- exiled you from the farm? You might be thinking that seems harsh, and maybe we shouldn't do it that way anymore. Uh, that is one of the lessons that the adults in this book learn. <laughs> Maybe we should. The do adults it that way. sound like horribly. They're just like yelling at dragons and banishing their kids. Like, yeah, it's, it does seem like. There's got to be a better way. You yes, know? this this book, without being very, it's not a cynical book at all. It does speak to that element of being a kid, where you start to realize that maybe adults don't know everything and don't always have the easiest solutions to problems or most successful solutions to problems, mm-hmm. and that maybe the way that adults have always done things isn't the best way like that's sort of what this book is about um aside from the poopy snotty names and things like that um so they have to do their their 4-h club thing and then those the sea dragons show up after the 4-h show goes bad um and then hiccup is gonna have to save the day um that's kind of like the the big outline of, of the book Mm-hmm. Um, but like hiccups, stop me if you've heard this before, Andrew. Okay, hiccup may not be the brawniest kid. He may not Wait, be. Stop, stop! I already know. Stop me again if you've heard this. He may be a bit of a runt, but he's kind of clever. Oh, I've heard this too. Okay, 
Do you have um, any? Have you have anything I hadn't heard before? He can speak Dragonese. Okay. I mean, I, I think that's arguably what the video game Skyrim is about. But I, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, that's. But sort so of... he, so he himself is an outcast. But he, his outcast uh, experiences lead him to develop a better way of interacting with dragons than yelling at them because. Yes. A little bit, yeah. Now, he is the son of the village chief, Stoic the Vast, who's just a big guy. And... I mean, he sounds... Yes. He sounds... From his name. Yep. Sounds that way. Duh. Uh, And so there is a problem in the eyes of the community. Hiccup sucks. (laughs) And he is, like, the prince of the village. So that's a problem... Like an unsolved mystery is how as how we're gonna deal with that issue. Uh but what is his name? Old Wrinkly? Is that the grandpa's name? <laughs> I don't know. Um it's something like that. Uh I have it. I have a big list of characters somewhere, and I think it's old wrinkly. That's let's we could just call yeah, him. Yeah, his that. name is Old Wrinkly. Uh okay. the cranky Kong of this book, you might say. He believes in hiccup having some sort of potential old wrinkly fashions himself a soothsayer and thinks that hiccups going to amount to something someday um but yeah they go through the the dragon initiation program we get introduced to like when they start introducing different types of dragons andrew Uh they get like little like character sheets (laughs) like Like, they're talking about getting, like, a crappy dragon, uh, like, the common garden and the basic brown. Just kind of like, you know, dragons that aren't special. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it has a little, it's almost like a little Pokedex entry. Like, it's like, uh, these are the most familiar breeds. The one we think of when we say dragons. They are poor hunters, but they're easy to train. They're the best kind for family pets. Um, They should never be left unsupervised with very young children. And then it says statistics. It has what colors they come in. Armed with, basic teeth and claws. Fear factor, three. Attack, three. Speed, four. Size, four. Disobedience, one. Out of fives? I think they're out of ten. Out of ten? Well, those are low stats. Yeah, because later there's a a dragon that some of the other boys get called the Gronkle, I think it's called. And the Gronkle's stats are Fear Factor 7, Attack Ooh. 8, Speed 8, Size 7, Disobedience 5. I like that in the first book, you're not you're not going all the way up to 10 yet. You know, no. you need to leave yourself room to have more powerful dragons. Well, and we don't... power levels are over 9,000 <laughs> in the later books. <laughs> we don't see the stat sheets for green, the Green Death or the Purple Death, which are the two sea dragons that we encounter later. Um, there were supposed to be three, but the Green Death ate the third one. Mm-hmm. That's because that's he's so mean. Um, and we don't see their stat sheets, but I bet that like they would break the scale, you know? Yeah. Um, and so Hiccup and his buddy Fishlegs, who's sort of a, he's sort of a real millhouse, and he's just a dweeb. <laughs> um, and I, I love him. He he's a good guy, but he's just uh, he just has big dweeb energy. Um, uh-huh. They cause a big ruckus went during they're getting all the dragons out of the dragon cave. You're supposed to run in there and grab one, and Fishlegs knocks a bunch of dragons over and makes them all mad. Um, so while that happens, Hiccup 
did get this very tiny dragon, the size of like a little terrier, a little dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have any teeth. And so the other boys make fun of it and call it toothless. So you're telling me that this outcast boy is going to get an outcast dragon? And- yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This is, I've never heard this, this one I haven't heard before. Uh huh. This is, well, and the, you know, this book's 20 years old. So, like, it's playing with, I think, tra- even 20, know? even 20 years ago, I think misfits from different, like, yeah, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer movie. Sure. From like the 1960s, just <laughs> sure. as a baseline. Okay. Um, and, Hiccup is not sure how he's going to drain this little dragon. Um, the He finds the book and the book sucks. And so he's like, I'm going to have to come up with my own way to train dragons. Hiccup, uh, Toothless wakes up and he starts talking to him in Dragonese. Um, let me see if I can pronounce anything that's in Dragonese. There's a helpless, there's a helpful little, uh, not helpless, that's Toothless, helpful little page here. Um, that is, there's a footnote that says it's from a book that uh hiccup wrote uh uh-huh. which is a little meta textual note to tell you and assure you that hiccup is going to be a hero who's going to go on to have things to write books about right so we have this little page learning to speak dragonese in order to train your dragon without using the traditional method of yelling at it you must first learn to speak Dragonese. Dragons are the only other creatures who speak a language as complicated and sophisticated as humans. Here are some common dragon phrases to get you started. Um, let me see if I can pronounce this here. Neocrapa indahusis pishu, which means no pooing inside the house, please. This is some Jar Jar Binks nonsense. Like, don't... <laughs> this is... Okay. That dragon language made me really upset because it's just it's just gibberish nonsense language, but you get you get like crappa in there so that kids can think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Ooh. goofy, it's goofy kid stuff. Goofy kid mm. stuff here. Um but it's mostly about it's like don't bite my mom on the butt. Um would you spit my friend out of your mouth? Uh that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that that's. It's important to know how to say those things to a dragon. I bet, but I don't know. How do you have a conversation with a dragon? You know? Oh, we yeah, he does a lot because how do the dragon. Ask, how do you ask the dragon how they're feeling when all you know is <laughs> like, please spit my friend out, or which way to the discotheque? Yeah, something that this book that. <laughs> Something that this book doesn't get into is like uh, how good other people get at speaking Dragonese. Because like Hiccup is having full on conversations with Toothless the second that Toothless like wakes up in his bag. And Toothless is not like a toddler. Like even though there is like a kind of a comic interlude of Toothless like messing up his house, messing Mm -hmm. up Hiccup's house. Mm -hmm. Um he already comes out with like opinions and like desires and doesn't want to do what he's told and things like that. Um, and so he they have conversations uh, and Hiccup comes up with six potential ways to train a dragon, Andrew. Mm-hmm. The first is gratitude, like make your dragon grateful to you. 
Oh, you have to find out your dragon's love language. Yes. He like he makes mud baths for Toothless and tries to give him everything he wants, but Toothless still won't like follow his commands when it's like time to train. Um Hiccup re- notes that fear is a way to train your dragon, which is yelling, but Hiccup's not good at it. Um, <laughs> Hiccup's dad did yell at Toothless and it worked. Uh, greed doesn't work. He offers him a bunch of food in exchange for tasks and Toothless doesn't want to do it. That's a specific kind of greed, though. Like Everybody knows dragons yeah. want big piles of gold to sit on. He doesn't really explore the gold angle, the smaug angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he didn't want a stereotype, I don't guess. Yeah, probably. Um, he notes vanity might be an option. He tries to say that all the other dragons are bad-mouthing him, which they are. Uh, <laughs> and if he would just show up the other dragons, like, well, no, first he, no, vanity yeah, is... You gonna you you let that dragon diss you? That's what the, no, sorry, that's the fifth step, which is revenge. The fourth step, vanity, is just him, like, flattering Toothless. It doesn't go anywhere. The fifth step is those dragons are dissing you, you better stomp them. Um, Which Toothless considers, but then doesn't follow through. And the sixth step is jokes and riddles. And he he says, Toothless, if you will go catch me some fish like you're supposed to for my training exercise, I will tell you a joke. And Toothless is like, that sounds great. And he does it. And he tells him the what's white and black with red all over andrew uh-huh i uh cat in a blender <laughs> right a sunburnt penguin a sunburnt penguin. Uh, yeah that's the second that's the that's the other guess. one <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it works and so they start to have a working relationship that gets them ready for the big 4-h festival uh and that doesn't go well because Toothless starts a fight with all the other dragons because they were dissing him. And there's a big dragon fight. And Is it cool? Yeah, it's goofy. It's like they're all kind of annoyed at each other and they're scratching at each other. It's not like a battle. It's more like a... You like the... There would be goofy Danny Elfman music playing. Like it's like <laughs> okay. if it was a movie about dogs and all the dogs start fighting, but the music is kind of goofy, so you know that nobody's really gonna get hurt. Sure. It's that kind of thing. Um what this means, Andrew, is that nobody passes the exam, which means They all get banished. All of these boys are gonna get banished. What happens to the banished boys? They just be, does it just become Lord of the Flies out there? Do they they all just get, get hit by dragons. They get sent on a boat to an island somewhere, and then that's it. The island of misfit boys. Yes. Oh no. Uh, and Stoic is of course very sad that he has to send his fail son away, but by the laws of their community, he must. Um. <laughs> And it's it's kind of astounding, though, that it did take them this long for this to become a problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there is a there is a an activist community within <laughs> these people who are who are like maybe who are just showing up to school board meetings all the time being like, maybe we shouldn't be. <laughs> You shouldn't banish kids. Well, and it's funny because one, I think it's Snotlout, the the main bully, is like he he hasn't even gotten to the part where he 
He's not radicalized yet. He's not mad at the adults. He's just mad at Hiccup for causing them to get banished. Right. Um, thuggery meathead. So close to getting it. Yeah. Thuggery meathead is like, listen, no. Hiccup is with it. This is an injustice to us boys. And then later when Hiccup is going to come up with a plan to save the community, Thuggery is the one who is like, let the thinking boy think. Like, everyone get out of the way. Smart kids got a smart over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because Stoic is so sad to send his son away, or more embarrassed to send his son away, he grants them a reprieve of one evening to like, but they're not allowed to talk to anyone because they're emotionally, they're already banished. <laughs> They just haven't been sent away. It's really sucks. Jeez whiz. Okay. Uh, and in that evening, there's a big storm, and the sea dragons show up, and they go through the whole thing where all the adults yell at the dragons and it doesn't do anything. Uh, and Fishlegs is like, hey, everybody, did you all know that Hiccup can speak Dragonese? And everyone's like, that's against the law. But if it saves us, you're unbanished. That's a bunch of horrible laws. Like, yeah, there are three. There are three laws: <laughs> yell at your dragon all the time, never stop. <laughs> Second law: if you don't do good at Dragon Four H, you're banished. Yep. Law Third law: three, you can't talk to dragons. There's no you. There's no way to try and circumvent the first two laws. You can't speak to dragons yep. other than to yell at them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. And and old Wrinkly's was on board with talking to dragons. He thought it might work. Might be a good thing for the future. How we talk to dragons. And so Hiccup goes down and talks to this big mean dragon. And the big mean dragon's he's like, hey, big mean dragon, you can go come in war or come in peace. And the dragon's like, I'm going to come in peace, but then I'm going to eat all of you anyway. Um, that's not what peace means. Yeah, that's kind of, everybody's kind of bummed about that. Um, there's also some like, I don't know, it's got some Beowulf energy, him talking to the dragon. And like the dragon seems to know stuff about him, um, having never met him before. But, like, don't worry about it. This dragon's going to probably die. Like, it's mm-hmm. there's, like, a thing in this book where, like, maybe dragons don't die. They just go into, like, a dragon sleep. They just go to a farm upstate. <laughs> but sometimes maybe they can come back. Like, and only Hiccup really seems to understand how uh, scary that is. Um, he talks to the dragon, and then they're not quite sure what to do. Hiccup comes up with a plan to save the day. It involves stealing a bunch of underwear... Filling it with feathers and then getting there. So all of the boys' dragons hid because they were like, let's see what happens after the exile. Maybe we can be free. Like the dragons are like unionizing in the bushes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But ultimately they get talked back into this plan to, to fight these big scary dragons. And they drop the underwear bombs on the dragons. And they pretend to be working for the opposite. Basically, they set the two evil dragons against each other by like making them sneeze a bunch <laughs> and say like, "Hey, I work for the purple guy. He sure, wants they, you they're to get basically, lost." They're basically elder gods, but they do fall for the like cheapest yeah. Scooby Dooiest <laughs> hijinks in the yes. book. Uh huh. It's a pretty good plan. Um, and both of those dragons kind of mortally wound each other. But Green Death figures out what has been done to him and is not so dead that he can't, you know, cause harm to this village. 
ultimately he eats Hiccup. Mm-hmm. Hiccup winds up uh, hanging from the Roman spear lodged in Green Death's throat. Uh-huh. So he doesn't die right away. He discovers where Dragonfire comes from, Andrew. Where do you think Dragonfire comes from? I mean, I would say the lungs, but the, the way this book has gone so far, it's probably like the butt or something. It's not the butt. It is just two <laughs> weird holes in their throat. Just like two oh. random smoky holes in their throat that sp- that make the fire happen. Okay. Um, toothless, who has never done anything selfless in his entire life. Uh, is seemingly motivated by how sad Stoic is that his son got ate, that he goes and he flies around in the dragon's nose to make him sneeze again. He sneezes out, lots of sneezing, sneezes out the, sneezes out Hiccup, and then uh, the dragon tries to burn the village down, but he can't breathe fire because Hiccup's Viking helmet horns are stuck in the fire holes. And so he tries to breathe fire and his body, his body explodes, Andrew. That is, that's gruesome. That's some gruesome stuff. Like that video of the whale on the beach that they detonated and then they didn't know where it was or where it was all going. It's like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, Stoic protects his son from getting hit with a dragon tooth because now he realizes that he does love skits and hiccups a hero. And they almost they almost give a Viking funeral for the wounded toothless, but he's a dragon. He has a Wolverine healing factor, and he comes back to life. He's fine. Okay, sure. Um, there's some big differences between this and the film. <laughs> <laughs> it is my understanding from my recollection of the film that toothless is like this rare dragon that is like a special breed who gets wounded by an arrow and can't fly without the assistance of Hiccup and his, like, cool prosthetic inventions. Okay. And it's this, like, they have they wind up having this, it's like... a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, this kind of symbiotic thing and got some, like, has some story beats about, like... Uh, working with disabilities and it's it's just this interesting like there's a other stuff happening in the in the story movie that is not happening here at all this is mm-hmm. more about what if charlie brown actually saved the day like charlie brown never saves the day i think i mean he owns a dog that saves the day it, sometimes yes <laughs> that dog wouldn't be part of their lives if it weren't for charlie brown that's fair that's fair and I, I, there is an element of of Charlie and Snoopy here going on with Toothless and Hiccup, but um, this except that Snoopy is not like also a failure dog who has a <laughs> failure owner. Like Toothless, if if Toothless were the coolest dragon in all the land, and everybody the Joe Cool of dragons was, that he was the coolest dragon in all the land, and then also sometimes he pretended he was a World War One fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> then it would be a Charlie Brown and Snoopy thing. Yeah, the the thing. But the point is not that they're both misfits. The point is that nobody understands why this awesome dog deigns to be owned by yeah. this middle aged child. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 thing about Toothless in this book is like he is talented. He can do the things pretty well. He's pretty fast. Um, 
but he is not this like rare creature. He is not even like the. I think the thing they say a bunch is the only extraordinary thing about him is that he's so small, uh-huh. um, which is like then he kind of still helps save the day, and so that's cool. Sure. Um, but he is not some like ordained hero. Hiccup is in a position where people expect him to he- be a hero, but he has to kind of grow into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I found it fun. It's very silly. It's a silly, It sounds silly pretty book. silly, yeah. Um, and I, I think the thing that impressed me the most about the silliness is the illustration stuff. It's this really neat, a lot of it kind of like pencil art of the characters that's really expressive. Um, when you see Stoic the Vast in one image, you can see a full pig like in his stomach, like because he's just such a big guy. He ate a whole pig, you know. Um, sure. But the stuff that is like documents in the world is really cool. When you see the actual How to Train Your Dragon book, there's a library card page, uh, and then at the bottom, someone has handwritten in it like. Be- the equivalent of like Beowulf sucks. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just a lot of little things like that. Um, that feel almost like they have the appeal of like leak leafing through like a mad magazine where like, maybe you don't get all the references, but you get the, the medium that it is parodying or that it is like kind of imitating something you've seen elsewhere, but with goofier language Sure. Um, that could be really appealing to a younger reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, yeah, and it's got dragons and stuff blows up. I don't know. It sounds like they get these books get wilder and more violent. <laughs> I don't know if you found uh, any takes on this book, Andrew. No, not not really. No, because it's just it's when you go to do any kind of preliminary research on it, it's been so just devoured by by whole by the movie mm, sure <laughs> that, that sure. is that is most of what you'd find about it um i'm trying to think there was one that i liked that was a kid review real quick that i'm trying to mm-hmm. pull up okay um not that one. Oh, this was by a kid whose username on common sense media is bigfoot ufo Okay. Fourteen cool. years old. The, the, probably the two coolest things he could think of when he registered for a username. <laughs> Says that this book is five stars for ages eight and up. The books are better than the movies. The books Ooh. came first, and the movies changed everything. Be warned, there is bathroom talk, but it pretty much dies out near the end of the series. Be warned, as the books progress, they get darker, but the plot is great. As the series begins, it seems like a lot of misadventures, but in the later books, everything connects into one terrific plot. Highly recommended, but make sure kids know that bathroom humor is not to be repeated. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing, not not about the bathroom stuff, but um, about the like the grand arc of the 12 books is one thing that Cowell did talk about, is that mm. she did have sort of the ending in mind when she started it. Okay. Um, she says, uh, I had written a lot of the last book really early on hiccup story. Is that of a hero going on a journey without realizing it? So I had factored in that it would be a long series and not a direct line. I had this massive thing on the wall in my shed with all the plot lines. It was very complicated. Okay. Yeah. This- so it does, I guess it does. There is a chance still for it to become sort of this big game of thrones and 
like poopy <laughs> Sylvia nightmare, but well, it sounds like the first book is a little simpler than that. I can also see the the big thread that they also like pull on in the movie for my recollection is the like animosity between humans and dragons, which here it's saving the sea dragons. Like it seems pretty routine for these Vikings to tame a dragon. Obviously, if you don't do it, you get exiled, whatever, but right. Um, well, and taming, it also means actually yelling at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like part of the established, like status quo of this village and stuff, um, which then in her later books, it sounds like she kind of pulls on those tensions a little bit that are like scattered throughout this book, but not really the focus. Um, whereas in the film, it sounds like a human dragon war is like a whole thing. Um, sure. And and I think that one of the series is between the f- the first and second movie, the TV series, and kind of explores all the growing pains of that. What if we live with the dragons? Um, sure. So, yeah, there's lots of... I'm just scrolling through the other reviews. There's lots of farting in this book. Just like, if you like farting, just Great. read this book, I guess. Love it. Um, you like farting. Sure. Don't you? I guess. Like, as a subject matter in a kid's book? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> not, But not in other in like a, in like a Shrek In like a Shrek context, yes. Give it. Yes, awesome. Excellent. Give me the farts. That's what yeah. you say. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll make sure I give you the farts, Andrew. Please stop. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> All right. Well, is there other dragon media that you would recommend? What's your favorite dragon that's not in this book? I mean, you got Smog's Smog's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dies pretty quick, but yeah. he was up there just kind of sleeping and mm-hmm. vibing for like sixty <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, and you got you got to impress somebody who is so uh, so feared that he doesn't even really have to actively expand into new territory mm-hmm. <laughs> or or threaten anyone new. Like, there's there's no sort of what have you done for me lately feeling about smog because he's just like a big scare dragon sure. and he doesn't, he doesn't need to remind you of it all the time. That's true. How do you feel about Spyro? The dread never really encountered that purple guy very much. Mm. I've not, I've got nothing against him. I, I hear that the recent uh, sort of remaster of his, uh, oeuvre has been pretty well received <laughs> it's true people do like those games i never really, i never got into the that whole genre of jumping around on the playstation it's it's hard to and and maybe the the remasters take this into account some some of those early 3d like jumping around games and early like playstation nintendo 64 things in general are hard to go back to now because newer games have done the same ideas except with less horrible clunky yeah yeah. stories and control schemes yeah it's true that's so true. a lot of them are just like better approached as artifacts than as <laughs> entertaining things to to do and i don't know if spyro is like that or not okay well if folks have strong feelings about spyro t dragon you can send us an email at overduepod at gmail.com hit us up on facebook and twitter with your favorite dragon trogdor he's a dragon he's a good dragon um consummate v's yeah 
thanks. Uh, that's at Overdue Pod. Thanks to Jenna Sai, Kate, Jeremy Graham, Evan AA, and many more for reaching out in the past week. Uh, our theme song is by Nick Larangis. Thank you, Nick. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com is our website. Up there, you'll find links to the books that we have read and are going to read. Our May schedule will be posted imminently. Craig, do you want to run through that real fast? Yeah, we just read How to Train Your Dragon by Cresta Cow. Next week, we'll be reading the first Circles of Magic book by Tamara Pierce. That is Sandry's book, otherwise known as The Magic and the Weaving. Uh, then Fences by August Wilson. The first Bridgerton book, The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. Uh, A Gentleman in Moscow by Immortals. And you will get... Uh, on the main feed this week, you will get, not this, this week, month. this month, uh, you'll get our April bonus episode at some point. We just talked about T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland, and then you will also get episodes one and two of Goosebumps, um, which were the one about Welcome the house. Welcome to House yeah. and Stay Out of the Basement. Yeah. It's the one about the house is a lot of our Goosebumps books. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's all I got, Andrew. Thanks for listening to me talk to you about poopy, farty Vikings. Thanks for telling me about them, I guess. Yeah, all right, everybody, welcome. until we train you next week, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.